Hello and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, this is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. Welcome to Endopod's revision series. Each episode will cover revision material for those preparing for exams or even just for those who are interested in learning the basics of endocrinology. In this episode, we'll be looking at hypothyroidism. We'll start by having a quick overview of it, how it's classified, and then discuss the causes, followed by pathophysiology. Then we'll move on to look at the clinical presentation, investigations, and the treatment options. So what is hypothyroidism? It is a clinical state resulting from inadequate production of the thyroid hormones T3 and T4. Hypothyroidism can be classified as primary, in which the thyroid gland fails to produce thyroid hormones, or secondary, in which the pituitary gland fails to produce sufficient thyroid-stimulating hormone, or TSH. Almost all cases, approximately 95%, are primary, whilst the remaining 5% are secondary. Subclinical hypothyroidism is defined as a mild thyroid failure, which is usually asymptomatic. Hypothyroidism is the second most common endocrine condition, with diabetes being first. Approximately 1 in 50 women are affected in the UK, whilst 1 in 500 men are affected. Subclinical hypothyroidism affects 5% of the population. Since it's a very prevalent condition, it's important to be aware of and have a detailed understanding of it. So now moving on to the causes of primary and secondary hypothyroidism. The causes of primary hypothyroidism can be divided into two main categories, which are congenital defects or acquired. The congenital defect could be a developmental issue, meaning that the thyroid gland has not developed properly or may even be absent. Another congenital defect is dyshormonogenesis, which when there is a defect in thyroid hormone synthesis due to failure of an enzyme. The incidence rate of congenital hypothyroidism is 1 in 3,500 births and, and as a result, all babies are screened in the UK. The acquired causes of hypothyroidism include autoimmune thyroid disease such as Hashimoto's, iatrogenic causes such as post-operative or post-radioactive iodine, external radiotherapy for head and neck cancers and antithyroid drugs. Chronic iodine deficiency and postpartum thyroiditis are other causes. Causes of secondary or tertiary hypothyroidism include pituitary or hypothalamic damage as a result of pituitary tumour or craniopharyngioma or post-pituitary surgery or radiotherapy. So how would you determine if the hypothyroidism is primary or secondary? We would do this by looking at the levels of thyroid hormones and seeing which gland from the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis is affected. In primary hypothyroidism, the thyroid gland undergoes destruction, which results in decreased secretion of thyroid hormones T3 and T4. As there is a lack of thyroid hormone, negative feedback takes over and the pituitary gland will secrete more TSH, and the hypothalamus will secrete more TRH. Hence, primary hypothyroidism is characterised by low T3 and T4 and high TRH and TSH. In secondary hypothyroidism, the pituitary gland or the hypothalamic glands are affected by the pathology which results in decreased production of TSH and TRH and as as a result of this, the thyroid gland will produce less T3 and T4. So secondary hypothyroidism is characterised by low TSH levels and low T3 and T4 levels. The 
The main symptoms and signs of hypothyroidism include weight gain, lethargy or tiredness, cold intolerance, constipation, heavy periods, dry skin and hair. Also, bradycardia and soul reflexes may be observed. In severe hypothyroidism, the individual may have a puffy face, large tongue, hoarseness and even be in a coma. So why would someone with hypothyroidism gain weight or be unable to tolerate the cold? Well, this is a result of decreased metabolic rate and heat production. The slow reflexes and lethargy are a result of altered nervous system function and bradycardia can occur as cardiovascular function is reduced in hypothyroidism. If you check out our Instagram page, we have a helpful summary on the clinical presentation of hypothyroidism. The first-line investigations to consider for hypothyroidism are serum TSH and free serum T3 and T4. Other tests that should be considered include thyroid peroxidase antibodies, full blood count, lipids, serum sodium and serum creatinine kinase levels. The treatment of, for hypothyroidism is lifelong, however it can be completely controlled and well managed. It's treated with levothyroxine, it is a synthetic version of thyroxine. The initial dose of levothyroxine in an adult under the age of 65 is 1.6 micrograms per kilogram daily, and then the dose is adjusted to normalise the TSH. In adults over the age of 65 and individuals with ischemic heart disease, low dose levothyroxine is recommended treatment. For patients with postpartum thyroiditis, withdrawal of treatment should be trialled, followed by measuring thyroid function after 6 weeks. In myxedema coma, a very rare emergency IVT3 may be required as treatment. The treatment of subclinical hypothyroidism should be considered if TSH is over 10 or if TSH is over 5 with symptoms. Ideally, the therapy should be trialled for 6 months and continue if there is symptomatic improvement. If there isn't any improvement, then stop the treatment and annually monitor if TPO antibodies have increased. The risk of overtreatment includes osteopenia and atrial fibrillation. Pregnant individuals with hypothyroidism required increased levothyroxine. This is important as inadequately treated hypothyroidism has been linked with increased fetal loss and lower IQ. At the diagnosis of pregnancy, the dose of levothyroxine should be increased by approximately 25% and the aim of the treatment is to keep TSH levels in a low normal range and free T4 in high normal range. Subclinical hypothyroidism should be treated if planning a pregnancy or if the patient is pregnant. This concludes today's episode on hyperthyroidism. Thank you for listening in. As mentioned before, it's a very common condition that affects the population, hence it's important to have a good understanding of it. Please like and share the podcast, and of course, we're grateful for all the support. Before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Tejasvi Sharma, one of our charity coordinators who is involved in the making of this episode. As always, stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier, signing off.